0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from our guest speaker. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Thank you, worship team. It's good to be with you this morning. Before we move into the scripture, let me say two things. One, it's always an honor to uh, be part of this body and be asked to share the pulpit. Uh, so thank you for that, Pastor uh, Judy. Uh, thank you so much. Secondly, I want to thank you for, I think its it may be decades now, that Gateway has partnered with Crossover Global to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and plant churches um, with those who come to Christ. And because of your investment in Crossover Global, just just the last two years, I have some numbers for you. And I'd like to to um, to report. Want to be accountable to you. Last two years, we planted one thousand one hundred and forty six churches among Muslims and Hindus, and we baptized. And I'm kind of frustrated with this number: uh, twenty two thousand nine hundred fifty three. We just forty seven more people we baptized. I mean, that, that's almost enough temptation just to maybe go over two or three more days into the next year. And so it makes it that 23,000 people. But but thank you so much for partnering with us because we've seen a lot of Muslims and Hindus come to know Jesus Christ. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right. With that, let's turn to, uh, in our Bibles, to Psalm 67. Turn to Psalm 67, please. Now... Please turn to your Bibles, turn to your phones, because the slides won't do us justice. I, I want you to see the psalm in its whole, because it's, it's a specially arranged psalm. There are about three of them, to my knowledge. Do you know the candelabras, the Jewish candelabras? You know how it's one, two, three, one, two, three, and then there's the, the one in the middle, it's the tallest. And this psalm is arranged that way. There are three truths that are mirror image to the three truths. So verses one, two, and three. And then there's verses five, six, and seven. And verse four is the pinnacle. And so it rises to this climax and then comes down and kind of repeats itself for repetition so we can remember it. But here's the verse. Let's, oh, by the way, the theme, if you notice on your card, the theme of this conference today, the, our global impact conference this weekend, is we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And there's no other verse in Scripture except maybe Genesis chapter 12, first three verses, that that highlight that God has blessed us to be a blessing other than Psalm 67. Maybe Genesis chapter 12, but Psalm 67 is much clearer in my My perspective, and it is reflecting back, it's referring back to Genesis chapter 12 because that's where it all got started. But let's look at the first two verses. It says, God be gracious to us and bless us. You see that? So if you have your Bibles, just circle that word, bless us. It's not incorrect to pray for God to bless us, but it is incomplete. It is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. So, we can pray, God, be gracious, be, be gracious to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us. But we shouldn't put a period after verse one, keep the comma and go on to verse two because verse two says, so that, put a big square around those two words, so that, they're very powerful, so that thy way may be known on the earth, thy salvation among all the nations. So God has blessed us to be a blessing. God has blessed us so that we will be a blessing. Now, this comes from Genesis chapter 12. And God said to Abraham, the father of the Hebrews, who became known as the Jews, he says, I'm blessing you so that in you, all the nations, or your translation may say, all the families of the earth may be blessed. Well, that in you was in his seed and that, seed is singular, not plural. It's going to be one descendant down the road, generations, and that that descendant was Jesus Christ. In Jesus, all of us can be blessed. But the Hebrews, then the Jewish people, they put a period. They focused on God has chosen us. He's chosen to bless us. But they forgot. No, 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 no. It's not a period. It's a comma. I'm blessing you so that you will be a blessing. So this scripture is a very powerful passage for our theme. He's blessed us to be a blessing. But my question is this, why do we want to go around the world when we could just go across the street and lead people to Jesus? Why do that? I mean, for example, Ken Katayama. Ken, stand up, please. Do, do like this because it's dark in here. All right, so Ken Katayama, he's the president of Crossover Global. For 33 years, I had the privilege of being the president. Started in, Debbie's in my basement in Atlanta, and the last eight months or seven months, Ken's the new president. Ken and I were on a fishing trip with some, some other men. It's a, it's a t- two-year journey to really know scripture and We want to master the Word of God. We want the Word of God to master us. So Thursday and Friday, we're on this fishing trip. Now, note to self. When you're going to speak at a very important conference at your home church where people know you and you have to look them in the face the following week, and you're babysitting five grandchildren the day before, do not schedule a two-day fishing trip right before that. Because you will feel like you've been run over by not one truck, but three or four trucks. But by the grace of God, we're going to get through this. So Ken and I are on this group. One of the men on this fishing trip, I had the privilege of sharing the gospel with him. And he prayed to receive Christ. And then I also shared the gospel with his wife. And his wife prayed to receive Christ. And I had the, the privilege of sharing the message of God's love and forgiveness with his father. Before that, and his father accepted Christ. And one of his cousins... Talk about a fishing trip. Why don't we just go on fish a pretty good idea? Why don't we just go on fishing trips all the time and lead people to Jesus? Why go around the world? Well, this Psalm gives us four reasons why. And the first one's there in verse 2. Verse 1 says, I've blessed you, okay? God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause your face to shine upon us so that thy way is may be known on the earth. That word earth there in the Hebrew, the original language, it means the dry portions of the world. It's the hard surfaces of earth. Now here's a map of the world, a map of the earth, the dry places of the earth. This map, the red shows, this is the percentage of missionaries, people we send to tell people about God's love and forgiveness The redder the map, the fewer the missionaries per population. The redder the map, the fewer the missionaries per population. This next map, notice. The redder the map, the fewer the Christians per population, as a percentage of the population. The redder the map, the fewer the Christians. Notice there's a huge overlap between the two maps. And I believe God has a special heart for this part of the world. Why do I say that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And we need to reflect the heart of God. He has blessed us so that we may be a blessing. Now, this part of the world, in that heart, I'm not going to point out the country because... Just for security purposes, we're being recorded. But within that heart, very top of the heart, there's a country that it's illegal for you and me to go to that country. It's very illegal for us to share the gospel. It's very illegal for the people of that country to share the gospel. But we have planted 15 churches in that country. Now, how have we done that? Now, remember, God has a heart for that part of the world. He wants the people throughout the dry surfaces of the world to know him so that thy way may be known on the earth. How do we do that? A year and a half ago, I came back from a country right next door to the country we're talking about. And I was so excited. I actually inserted a couple pictures into the message that I had the privilege of of sharing with you that day because first, I wanted to share with you what I considered a very humorous picture. And that's this picture right here. The fellow on the right is a Muslim that gave his life to Jesus. And so normally we baptize them in this country in the Caspian Sea. But because it was so cold, we had to find an indoor pool. Do you, any of you remember this? And, and the reason I thought it was hilarious because this spa would only let us use the pool if the men in the pool wore a bathing cap. So no hair would get in the pool but look at their chest. There, there's far more hair on their chest than there's on their head. Trust me, there's far more hair on their chest. So, well, the guy on the right, when I met him, I was over there training and he said, I want you to lead my mother to Christ. The fella came up after the first service and says, I remember that. And I've been praying for that family. She wasn't interested, but the daughter, here's the next, the picture of the daughter or his sister. <clears throat> She's there at the top right. That's That picture was snapped as she's praying to invite Jesus Christ to come into her heart to forgive her of her sins and give her the free gift of eternal life. And I'm the one there with all that dark hair that's blinding you, the the gray hair there on the bottom. It was a glorious experience. Now, there have been so many Muslims in that country that have prayed to receive Christ. We've started 150 churches in that country among Muslims many several of them who've invited Christ in their hearts they have realized that God has now blessed them so that his way may be known on the earth and they're going back to the other country that's that we can't go into because they're of the same ethnicity and they have this heart motivation to make his way known on all the dry surface of the world. So one of those, not this one, but one like him, a friend like him, this next slide shows him sharing the gospel with that Muslim man on the left. And if you could see, we've blurred them for security purposes. If you could see the woman in the middle, his wife, she has this scowl on her face because she doesn't want, she's, she's mad because her husband's, voluntarily sitting there listening to this other former Muslim, we call him MBBs, Muslim background believer, sharing the gospel with her. Well, they went home that night. He he asked Christ to come into his life. So they go home and this next slide, uh, I wish you could see her face, but let me tell you what led up to this. This next slide, her face is just beaming. Her eyes are big, eyebrows are up, her smile's real large. That night, she rolled over and her husband was asleep on his back and she saw a vision. A lot of Muslims are coming to Christ, initially starting their journey through dreams and visions. You know what a dream is. A vision is just a dream while you're awake. So she rolls over, sees this throne hovering above her husband's chest She's very confused. She goes to the wife of the fellow that was sharing the gospel with her husband and she goes, I'm confused, what's going on? And the wife said, inside our hearts is a throne and Jesus Christ wants to occupy that throne. You are seeing your husband's heart's throne occupied by Jesus. He wants to occupy yours as well. And she gave her life to Christ And she's in that. It's a video. It's just a little snapshot in the video. And she's talking about inviting Isa, Jesus, into her heart. So question. Here's our question today. Why do we go around the world when we could just go across the street and lead people to Christ? Because God has blessed us so that. There's a reason he's blessed us. It's not an in and of itself but he's blessed us so that all the dry places on earth might have a knowledge of God. Takeaway number one, you and I are to take the world for Christ, the dry places of the earth. Reason number two, God, this, is, this goes to verses three and five. Remember how this psalm goes up to this climax and then comes down. We just covered verses one and two. Now look at verse three and it's the exact same verse as verse five. It says, let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. Note it's peoples, plural, not singular. That's why they've written it that way because it's referring to cultures. Now, when it comes to missions, there's two ways of thinking about taking the world for Christ. Takeaway number one, we're to reach the world. There are two ways of thinking about that. One is pancake thinking. The other is waffle thinking. Most people think of the world made up of pancakes. Countries. I take the syrup of God's love and forgiveness. I pour it on the pancake, on the country and the gospel. The syrup of God's love and forgiveness spreads to the edges of the country that has been evangelized. But the world's not made up of pancakes. The world's made up of waffles. You take the syrup of God's love and forgiveness, you pour it on the waffle, it gets caught in these little squares. Those squares are peoples. Each square is a people group. Now, the squares that do not, that are not praising God, let the peoples praise thee. O God, let all the peoples praise thee. Those people groups that are not praising God, the reason they're not is because there's a lack of access to the gospel. There's not somebody in their people group or somebody next door who scooped up the syrup, crossed over that cultural barrier and poured it in that one. In these squares that are not praising God, we call them unreached people groups. So waffle squares that are not praising God, those waffle squares are unreached people groups. Now, North Africa is made up, when you saw that map, the northern, the uh, the Saharan part of Africa is very unreached. The sub-Saharan, the below the desert, it, there's still some unreached cultures in there, but it's... It's very, very reached. We work in the northern part of Africa. In the northern part of Africa, we've planted 49 churches. But there's one people group that had, was really on our, still in our hearts. I'm not saying they're not in our hearts anymore. They're still in our hearts. We've been wanting to reach them. But it's a hard, hard people group to reach. Let me explain why. In 2,000 years, in 20 centuries, since the life of Jesus Christ when he walked the earth, this Waffle Square in North Africa, that's on our hearts, has never, ever had a church. We wanted to plant a church there, but if you go into that country, it's so strict is such a strict Islamic country, Muslim country, that if we drove a car and go, hi, we're here to share the gospel, we're going to be kicked out. If Muslims that had come to Christ, MBBs, Muslim background believer, if they start driving a car, there are these checkpoints, they would be stopped and say, you can't do that. So after a lot of discussion, a lot of prayer, a lot of planning, we said, aha, The Bedouins on the camels that go across the desert, they're never stopped. Let's buy 10 camels and put the team on the camels, and they can get across the desert. Because of that, today, the reason for 2,000 years, for 600 years, they were animists. They worshiped spirits, the spirit of the sun, the spirit of the moon, And then for 1,400 years, they've been Muslim. But today, there are 15 little bitty fellowships. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. So why should we go around the world when we could just go across the street? There's so many people across the street that want to praise God if they only could hear of him. It's because God has blessed us to be a blessing to all the peoples, all the waffle squares of the earth. Takeaway number two. Takeaway number one, we need to reach the world for Christ. Takeaway number two, when it comes to thinking about reaching the world for Christ, think waffles, don't think pancakes. Think cultures, don't think countries. Let's move on. Here's the apex of the psalm. It says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy so that thy way, uh, excuse me, for you will judge the people with uprightness and guide the nations of the earth. The third reason we should go around the world and not just across the street, I'm not saying we shouldn't go across the street, I'm saying in addition to going across the street is so that the nations might follow God. This word nations, don't be confused it doesn't mean the geopolitical entity. It's talking about ethno-linguistic cultures or people groups. So just, just to be clear, let's look at a contrast of what we mean by country and what we mean by culture. When we say country, we're referring to nationality. When we say culture, we're referring to ethnicity. A country, I am in it. A culture, I am of it. A country is de- defined by geography. Cultures are often distinguished by languages. So you see, ethno linguistic. A country has a political structure. You see there, geopolitical. Cultures usually have an a religious, not generally, they always have a religious affiliation. I'm a citizen of a country, but I have the customs from my culture. Now, let me give you an example. We acquire our culture as we grow up. So then when we cross into a new culture, a new waffle square, I cannot acquire that culture because my culture is who I am, but I can't adapt to it. But sometimes it's very difficult adapting. This picture was taken by Ken Katayama. Uh, He's taken a couple of the pictures that I'm gonna show you today. And this reminds me, when I first saw it, of our wild game dinner nights that are here. Dear men, next time we have one, you need to show up. With the, the room's filled with men. That end of the room's filled with food, wild game. There's alligator meat, there's, you know, venison, all kinds of meat. And there are dishes that look like this. And if it were here, I would probably take my little toothpick and stick as many as I could and put it on my plate, maybe some of the potatoes or some of the carrots, but this is, is not venison. This is horse meat. Ken, how, how appealing is horse meat to you? No? Okay, that's pretty clear. It's not. It's very pungent. No, no, it's extremely pungent. The best way, in our opinion, to cook horse meat is put it on a hickory board and smoke it for hours. And when that the fats dripping down on that board, take it off the smoker, throw the horse meat away, and eat the board that's the best way it's the It's the best way to eat it if you're going you agree with that okay, I should get an amen then all right, so let's look at another map of the world. Each of these little dots represent ten unreached people groups, ten unreached people groups, so notice they're in the, in the United States, there, there are dots there. Ken and I were talking to someone Thursday from Nashville. There are 16,000 Kurds in Nashville, Muslim Kurds. Well, that, That's just calling our heart. But notice they're primarily concentrated. Each one of these represent 10, 50,000 or more in population. They're, they're located primarily in North Africa, the Middle East, Central Asia and Southeast Asia. There's kind of that band that goes across. Can you tell which country has the most dots? India. I mean, the the whole thing's almost black with dots. We've had the privilege of planting 1,516 churches in that country. It's a land filled with temples and idols and rituals. Um, this idol in the upper right. And when I was going through, I think to the airport, I looked back and I saw that idol because it had the telephone wires there. I took a picture or the power lines. I took a picture just to show you how big the idols can be. One out of every five people live in India, but they're responding to the gospel. Here, here's a picture of them lining up to be baptized this, uh, notice in the bottom right, that's a Hindu priest that had recently given his life to Christ. This next picture, uh, several years ago, Debbie and I watched a, a documentary on National Geographic about the Mushahar people. This is called, they're called the rat eating people because they're so poor at night the, the documentary showed them shining lights on these trash piles And they've learned how to catch the rats and they eat the rats. I mean, they literally eat the rats because they're just so poor. You see, this, uh, this upper left is just explaining the meaning of the baptism. They've given their lives to Christ. So it wasn't just not long afterwards that we had the privilege to start sharing the gospel with the Mushahar people. And in this bottom right, they're being baptized and the person you can't recognize him. that's doing the baptizing is Ken Katayama, who you'll hear from tonight. So people in these areas are wanting to hear the gospel if there's just someone there to share it with them. So why go around the world when we could just go across the street? Because We want the nations to be glad and sing for joy. Takeaway number three. Takeaway number one, what was it? We need to take the world for Christ. Takeaway number two, we need to think of taking the world for Christ in terms of cultures, not countries. Takeaway number three, these these waffle squares are concentrated in North Africa, Middle East, Central Asia, and Southeast Asia. Let's finish up fourth reason in this Psalm. Why should we go around the world, not just across the street? Because God has blessed us. Look at verses six and seven. It says, the earth has yielded its produce. God, our God blesses us. God blesses us. Here's that phrase again, put a box. So that, so that the ends of the earth may fear God. We think ends of the earth, Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. We think that's New Testament language. No, it's picking up from Old Testament. The earth is yielded as produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us So the ends of the earth. That phrase means the final distant places. If we're going to reach the North Africa, Middle East, Central Asia, Southeast Asia, it's going to cost us we can do it and the nations will be glad and the peoples will praise thee all the peoples will praise thee the ends of the, the uh, so the, uh, the earth may know the way of god all that can happen but it's going to cost us this is a picture of a, a man and his daughter in india because they were followers of christ they threw bricks to persecute them. This next one's a, a man. He came to Christ in one of the little churches. He started growing spiritually. Uh, he began to develop a heart for ministry, so we trained him. Then he finally said, I want to go plant a church. And so he goes out and he's planting a church, and uh, some of the fanatical Hindus stabbed him. Now, fortunately, he wasn't fatally wounded, but he was stabbed. If we're going to reach the ends of the earth, it's not going to be without cost. It will cost us. So why go around the world when we could go across the street? Because the earth has yielded its produce. We want to reach the ends of the earth. So takeaway number four, we need to reach the world. We need to think in terms of people groups, cultures, not countries. They're concentrated on that band, but it's going to cost us. Let me close by pointing out something most people don't understand about this psalm. In Exodus 23, Leviticus 23, God gives Moses five offerings and seven feasts. To describe how the Hebrews would worship God. One of those was called the Feast of the Harvest. Sometimes in Scripture, it's called the Feast of Weeks because it was one day and seven weeks after Passover. When we get to the New Testament, we no longer know it by the Old Testament name, the Hebrew name. We know it by the Greek name. The week... The feast of harvest, called the feast of weeks, was one day in seven weeks or 50 days after Passover. So the name we know it by is Pentecost, Pente, Greek, 50. Now, Scripture's amazing. Jesus was crucified on the feast of Passover. Passover. Buried, rose again, 40 days, says, guys, get after it. Then he ascends. That's 40 days. 10 days later is the coming feast of Pentecost. That morning, the Holy Spirit comes down on 120 followers of Jesus. And Peter steps outside. I think... About the same time, the Jews are coming into the temple singing Psalm 67 because they always sang it at the Feast of Harvest. Why? Because of verse 6. The earth has yielded its produce. And so they're bringing in all this produce. God, our God, has blessed us. God, our God, has blessed us. The earth has yielded its produce. They thought physical harvest. But I think as Peter's preaching, they're over here singing Psalm 67, not realizing that 15 different peoples respond to the gospel in Acts chapter two. They realized it was always pointing toward a spiritual harvest. Why should we go around the world when we could just just go across the street? Because God has blessed us to be a blessing so we can gather the harvest, the spiritual harvest. And as Paul said in the book of Romans, to give his offering of the Gentiles to God. God, you've blessed us. We want to bless you by being a blessing to all the peoples, all the waffle squares of the earth. Let's pray together.